ladies and gentlemen, today we have um, one of Melbourne's own and Australia's own Morris Pags on the show. He's um, become a little bit of an underground superstar overseas and um, not many people might not know him in Australia, but uh, we've got him on the podcast here at Thinking Man Business Labs and it's a wonderful story that we can share um, to all Australians about what we can actually accomplish if we put our minds to it. So um, I'll, I'll give it over to him to give a little bit of an introduction to um, what he's accomplished and where he's come from. So welcome, Morris, and thank you for, for being on Thinking Man Business Labs. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Morris Paniello. Uh, Australian born, origin Italian, uh, at 18 years old I left Australia to try and pursue a dream that I had from when I was young um, to Italy actually, to Torino Football Club and I spent uh, almost three years developing there from 18 to 21 until wow. I signed my first contract at 21 so and wow. played in Holland, ended up playing in Holland, uh, Metro Stars New York, um, Italy of course and uh, had a stint in England as well. So yeah, it was been a it's been a um, colourful career. Nice. Difficult at the beginning, but um yeah. So it always is it always is difficult at the beginning. And I think um, in general, like for all of us, whether I'm doing a podcast or whether I'm 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 training people online, which is my daily business, which I I, I teach people online and how to grow businesses online and all that sort of stuff. So. People forget about how hard it is at the beginning, but three, four, five, six years later is when you get the results. People don't realise that, right? Yeah, it's, look, it's, it's, I think it's everything is what, how much time you put into it. Like uh, to become a professional player or anything professional, it's 10,000 hours, you know, the yeah. 10,000 yeah, hours. Yeah. And I, strongly, I, I strongly believe in that. I've got 50,000 hours. Yeah. <laughs> but I strongly believe in the, you know, the harder you work and the, the more you can believe in yourself because self-belief is at the beginning. Everyone, no one believes what you're going to do. And uh, I think, you know, we're one of the pioneers of when we came out like 22 years ago today. It was meant to be a two-week trial and it's ended up being 22 years now. <laughs> two-week trial to 22 years. That's, mm. a, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, where, are you, where are you at now? So it's, it's been 22 years. So give us a bit of a development of how that sort of happened over the last 22 years. So you spent the first three years with Torino and all that sort of stuff and then... Yeah, you know, I stopped. America. Yeah, from, from 18 to 30, I was in Europe, America. I spent a year or six months really. Um, but yeah, I stopped at 30 years old. I went, my, my career had peaks and ups and downs, of course, and clubs folding and not paying. And I got to a point at 30 years old where I was in uh, League Two in, 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 in Italy. And I just decided to, you know, I wanted to go back home and build a pathway for, you know, the opportunities I didn't get from the beginning. And that's grassroots, which I, my, my, my main part of the business is grassroots. And has begun from there. I went back to Melbourne at mm -hmm. 30 from Italy, and I started in a in a park in Ivanhoe, Melbourne. Wow! Uh, at, at seven kids at fifty dollars a training session. Wow. Today we're at 20, 22,000 affiliated kids around the world. So the, wow! I've done so a lot from of work 50, in, so from fifty dollars a training session to twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's no, awesome. no. To twenty thousand students, we've got twenty two thousand students. Yeah, students yeah. around the world yeah. affiliated. So yeah, no, it's, uh, students. It, yeah. In in a few months from the seven kids in just in Melbourne alone, we went to in a year we went to almost eight hundred kids in the academy. So wow. we had to build a football club as well. So yeah. Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah. So we yeah. that's it all starts. It all starts from it's all starts from back home. Yes, yeah, well, back to Australia and then back yeah. to Europe. Then in two thousand nine, I started that in two thousand six. 
after the World Cup. So it was a big, um, you know, Italy, Australia yeah, duo. And also, there was, you know, that's when I think really launched soccer really launched itself in Australia. Yeah. Uh, you say foot. Everyone wants to say football, but I like to say soccer because I. I grew up playing soccer, but football, of course. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I just think everything grew from there. And, you know, and back and forth, you know, doing player management. I think I've placed in the last 12 years, I've, I think I would have placed around 100 and almost to 100 Australian players at a certain level from semi-pro to pro level that have come wow. through the academy overseas. So yeah, it's an average of 10 players a year. But some years, you know, we end up doing 25 Australian players or you know, yeah. depends on the on the how we are. So we're still we're still you know, I'm still pushing from my base is Australia, right? So any Australian player will have my um, over any other country will get my if I have to choose a player who's average to a, a more average player than you know somewhere else, I'll choose the Australian one, of course, especially yeah, for our course. clubs. So you've obviously still got the heart back home in Australia and and the growth of Australian football. And there's obviously been a lot of talk and you, you might have seen or you might not have seen some of the stuff that's been on Optus Sport where Mark Viduka has been starting to talk about some of the stuff of the, obviously the golden generation of 2006 with, and they've just, they've just re- reconnected with Lucas Neal and all that sort of stuff about talking about how they can, they can grow that, that grassroots stuff to, because it goes back to the, you know, the, the, um, the, the academy back in Canberra and all that sort of stuff you know, back in the day. Um, so, you know, you would have been, you would have been through all that and, and, and seen, seen, seen all of that. And for you to have placed over a hundred players in semi and professional um, standards uh, is something to be really proud of. What do you see the difference when you look at some of the Australian programs? And then when you see some of the European, European programs that you're involved in, um, because you've obviously been involved in both in Australia and Overseas, so you can you you can come from a place of um, of of real relevance that can give us a real perspective of what the difference is. What, what do you think are the main differences between between the the, the, the academies and, and the way they train and, and 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 the way people are taught and the way people learn? Um, look, I think it goes. There's a lot of good coaches in Melbourne or uh, in Australia in general. There are coaches. They're you know they're all up to date with. You know, you can get everything online now. But yeah. I, I think it's just um, a culture thing. I think there's a difference. It's always going to be a difference. Football or soccer in Australia is a sport. Yes. Whereas in Europe, it's life. Yeah. So, you're, you know, you're born into 100,000-seater stadiums and your passion and for your club. And I think, you know, what Australia lost out a lot was – not trying to be political, but the A-League coming into it and having all these clubs taking away the origins of the ethnic groups or of culture of the sport that we did have mm-hmm. in the old NSL, I think that killed and we had started all over again. I think we'd be at a much higher level if, you know, we lived the culture. You know, we're a country full of immigrants yes. and that brought the passion over to Australia. And 100%. I think, um, and that's everything, English, Italians, the Greeks, the Croatians, that's every, I'm talking everyone. No, it's um, so true. And I, I remember mean, being, been, the, I remember with the Macedonians, Macedonians and, and the Greeks, like it was always, there was a passion, you know, but it was one of those things that it brought the best out in, in everybody. It was like the match that everybody wanted to see, you know? 
of course. And yeah. uh, you know, and there was rivalry between not be, it was it was a it was a healthy rivalry between yeah. the Italians, the Greeks, the Masos. Yeah. I think um, we're losing that and starting from scratch again put us behind another twenty years. So, and I think still the mentality in Australia is oh. Okay, we train every day, one hour a day or three times a week. It's not enough. Like, if we want to be able to compete, we're already far behind. Like, step one, like we can come to Spain or Italy. And you see the training methods are different. Like, but it's just the players have an objective and that's to get to their first team, no matter what level they are. Mm-hmm. Whereas in an MPL club that doesn't even have a senior team, there's no ambition. And I think if you're not going to have a, a promotion relegate, you don't have a promotion relegation. The football will never grow, especially yeah. in a country yeah. like ours. Maybe it has success in the MLS, mm-hmm. but in Australia, you don't have the population no. to, to do that. And then, you know, there's no, you, you finish first all year and you've, you know, you spent the most, you've played the best and you still haven't won the league. You still got to do a playoff system. So it's, it's really, we've tried to copy a system that, that doesn't work for us. So if Australia will never grow personally. Yeah. Uh, at a higher, at an at a at a league level, a competitive level, because you don't look. There are teams that finish last and say, "Oh, wooden spoon," but you know, where's the hold on? If we lose, we lose our jobs, or yeah. you know, so they're not really killing themselves to play. Yeah. So that's the mentality, a different mentality of someone here. It's their job and they live for it. Where it's in Australia, it's still a sport. And if I don't make it and I lose my contract in a league, I'll go and do plumbing, or I'll go and do some another other job because there is. Yeah. So you, you have having having too many options. I think is is not is not a, an advantage either. It's really interesting that you say that because I I watched uh, Mark Viduka, Schwarzer, um, Aloisi, um, Craig Moore, um, and there was a couple of other guys there from the 2006, and they were talking about the training and how they went through it, and how they were all in Europe at the same time, and how they excelled because they were in Europe at the same time, and what you're doing is you're reminiscing pretty much exactly the same what they what they were, what they were saying about about the training and how important it was and the drills they were put through and the amount of hours they had to do and the amount of work that they had to do and when they went back to the hotel room they kicked the ball against the wall for 3 hours before they went to bed and all that all that sort of stuff and um, yeah. it's actually resonating with exactly what you're saying so um, there's obviously no disagreement between the elitists yeah you know what i mean yeah, of course. I, I just think, yeah, you're right. There's, um, there's also one thing. There's, a, there's um, the advantage of being overseas far away from the family. It means you're living for the sport. Yeah. Where in Australia, you can't live for the sport because you do great two-hour training with any coach in the world in your country. But the moment you walk off that field, your head's not in football anymore. Your head's at schoolwork, uh, your grandma's house, and your friend's birthday, and the family mm. dinner, and the, the relatives coming over. So you're not living, this, you're not living breathing football. So why do people get results when they come here and say, oh, Europe's, you know, he improved in Europe. It's because he's living for it. He's living, he's he's going to the gym. He's got no other distractions but to become a footballer because that's his dream. And the sacrifice, and it's a sacrifice. I think the first objective for a player to become professional is his family and social life. You can't Mm -hmm. have a social life, a proper social life, like any other normal kid, Mm -hmm. if you want to become the best and most elite athlete in the world. Because I always say, there's one saying I say, you want to become a professional player, you've got to become a professional a person first and that's yeah. live for something. So, yeah, it's all about that. Yeah, and, and how do you do that in your academy? So how many academies do you have now? Like how does it how – do, how do you – We have residence academies in Italy and Spain. They're the residential academies. 
Um, yeah. We've got an academy affiliate, so I send coaches to, example, Sacramento, Dallas, uh, Miami, Las Vegas, Nevada, um, in Italy, Spain. Uh, in China, we set up an affiliated academy. So I send our coaches and we do our programs. The best ones that we see that have most potential come through to our residential programs. Right. From, from there, we give them evaluation and we see if they're fit to go into a professional or semi-professional club. So you make that decision. It's not a financial decision. You make that decision. I make that decision. We right. own our own clubs. We're invested in clubs. We sponsor La Liga clubs. So to give us the positions for my players to be able to, to go there. If you take, let's be realistic, it's very, very difficult, very hard for a player, for an Australian player to come in and take a European an eight, under 19 level, under 16 level, to come in and take a, a Spanish or Italian player, you know, that's been there all his life in the club. Mm-hmm. What's the club going to, you know, where's the advantage for the club? Because don't say, we've got a lot of raw talents in Australia. But mm-hmm. here, there's no time for raw talent. Here, they need the talent. Yeah, and you have right. the talent because of the numbers, right? It's a numbers game. Yeah. And you have the talent and they're local and they don't cost anything to the club. So I've got to go to the clubs and say, hey, he's not going to cost you anything. You're getting exposure from an international player and it could become a player for you. So, you know, I have to wheel and deal my players to get into clubs. It's not that easy. And I, those 100 kids, I've had to wheel and deal them all in unless... The kids have had a little bit something more where they've signed contracts at 14. The families have because you can't sign until, you know, you're eight, 16 if you're not European. Yes. And a perfect example, Reno Piscopo, he came over at 12 years old. Oh, wow. uh, and I was at Wellington Phoenix. He went to Inter Milan, we, but he came to the academy first. Yes. Then the family and the family had to make a big decision and, and you know, it paid off for him because he signed five-year contracts for Inter Milan. Sure. And now his choice was to come back to Australia and we don't know if he comes to gonna stay there or come back overseas. But he has had a career. He's a professional player, and he's now in the under twenty three Olympic team. Yeah, and he played for Australia. He played for Italy. So they're they're mm. rare cases, you know that you know guided the right way by the right management, and pushed through the system. But if we didn't have to, we didn't push him. He wouldn't be there. Like many yeah. other players, the list could go on. You know. Yeah. But um, we've yeah. had to do that. Anthony Carter, who's at uh, Benfica. We took him to Italy. He didn't have paperwork. We had to get him to Parma. They couldn't sign him. We went to Romania, CFR Cluj. He debuted in first division there, Champions wow. League team. Yeah, well. Yes, now, then, then went to, now he's in Portugal, signed a three, two-year deal in Benfica. So we're talking, these are just at random players that have managed that we, uh, you know, that have come through our system. And there's a lot more. I'm not yeah. going to go in detail, but they're the ones yeah, from Melbourne that people would know. So, so, yeah, so there's a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of players that out of the 100, maybe 50 or 40 aren't in Europe, any, or 60 aren't in Europe anymore, but there's 40 that had a career and yeah. that are still going. And then 20, mm. it keeps cutting down because yeah. you can do one year. The hardest thing in football is to, to sign and even harder to stay up there. So, yeah. And so what do you... Do you keep do you keep up with the Australian system at all? Do you do you keep an eye on it and check it out? I do. do time? I do. I do. I don't have much time for the A League because I yeah. don't. But in yeah. youth development, we you know I've got scouts in every in every city in, in Adelaide, in Melbourne, in Sydney, in Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, we actually brought over Newcastle Jets for a tour here. We actually okay. sponsored a tour for Newcastle Jets to right. come over to Spain and have okay. you know friendly games. Yeah, this is two years, two summers ago. Um, so I've got relationships with people in clubs, and um, but more grassroots academies and stuff, and see how the players are, and 
and you know I liaise with them and we, we bring over players to our academy and we try and give them as much support as we can yeah uh, provide so I mean so it's everyone, not you, it's not you against it's not everyone against each other it's about working working oh, it's about it's about yeah I don't see anyone in Australia's competition if they see yeah. us as competition it's because they've got their own objectives their own ambitions and competition's yeah. healthy yeah so but i but i think no if i can help uh, help someone else it's not a monetary thing if we can help out someone or give them an opportunity look, this morning yeah. I was, yeah this this morning i was given example a spanish agent calls me and says oh there's an australian player uh 25 years old he's looking for a team he's 190 tall 80 kilos and he's a very good player and i didn't say oh no he didn't come through my system i can't help him and i'm not going to yeah. help him because i'll give someone else publicity i don't no the no. more I, the more merrier for me so yeah, i know awesome. how hard it was being overseas by myself and any players that are here if they need anything i'd always be open to helping trials or whatever especially if they're ready right hey especially if they're ready of course yeah and that's um awesome. that's really awesome so you've been you've been over you've been over there since how, how old now? Have you, how long? Have, how long have the academy's been going overseas now? Well, I started the res, the first residential academy in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. So this would be uh, 11, 11 yeah, years. Two thousand nine. Eleven That's years. Still going well. Yeah, we're we're going very strong. We've moved. You know, we we moved into sport management. A lot of sport okay. management. We have offices in in Manchester, in London, Milano, yeah, sure. Madrid. Yes. Uh, so Mexico City. Um, so we've started wow. our office bases very strong with strong some strong partners. Yes. Um, so we've just um, yeah we've 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 moved really quick and uh, it's growing. So but still I haven't lost focus on the development side of things. But I've actually uh, invested in few in few clubs of my oh. own clubs to oh, buy my own players. Yeah, yeah. Really? So what are those? Yeah. What are what are those? What are some of those clubs? A team called Guadalajara, which is yeah. we're fighting to go to to League One. Yeah, we're playing, doing a playoff in July. Yeah, uh, we've just had another team that's just gone into League Two from Spain, in Tercera yeah. Division. That's my okay. own club as well. Um, we've invested in a club in First Division in Malta, Hamrum Spartans. Okay, so Fantastic. there. Plus, we run the uh, one of the directors of Leganes Football Academy. Uh, yeah. Leganes is a La Liga club. Yes, one of the board members. I, I was with this club since I was in Third Division. Right. And worked with them all the way up. So okay. business partners with the owner of the club. Sure. Uh, we're fighting to survive this season. We yeah. you know, we need three points to get out of relegation zone. So yeah. that'll be awesome for us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's five or six clubs. Cartagena as well. as Segundo, League One going up to championship in Spain. So we've got five or six clubs that all my players, we, you know, we try and keep them amongst the... And we've opened up our new, our new pro, semi-pro club in, in Sacramento. Called mm-hmm. Russing, Sacramento FC. Russing, okay. Russing is the group we have as well, the club group that goes buying clubs and changing their names to to Russing, which is our, okay. our club. Yeah, so we have we just closed one if Miami Beach Soccer Club as well. So okay. Yeah, Russing. Yeah, Russing Miami Beach Soccer Club. Nice. So, nice. Yeah, so we, we, it's a project where we're enthusiastic about because you know we work within our own pool of players. Apart from the yeah. academy, we're working with our club players, so we own their player rights as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, how do you like? Obviously, as a businessman, you've got that many different things. You've got player. You've got player management. You're involved in. You're, you're involved in clubs. You're involved in the purchases of clubs or investment in clubs at some sort of level. Um, you're involved in the development of players. How, how do you, how do you, you've got a family, obviously. You, how, how do you juggle all of that? Like, seriously, and then still have time to talk to someone like me, you know? 
Well, I make time for things I like and, yeah. and people that I see that are developing other people to become better. That's I, I make time for that. I yeah. don't have much of a social life because my social life is going to have lunch with a director or an agent or an ex-player yeah. or yeah, yeah, so sure. No, no, no social life. Uh, yeah, <laughs> football, football life. Yeah, and um, but you know, sometimes you just have to make um, make a decision to choose what you want to do. And yeah, maybe I do have my my hand in too many plates. Yeah, but sometimes you just got to focus on what you that was to make you focus on what you, you got to know everything, right? So I'm sure if your own business, you're yeah. developing people. You you know you've had to get to where you are now. You've had to do many different types of. Uh, jobs and and go through experiences so oh, I, it's the same for me it's the same for me people always say to me they go Pete, how many hours do you have in in a day i go as many as i need to i'll, I'll find i'll find i'll find a way you know what i mean and unfortunately sometimes that's at, at the sacrifices you know, your own family or, or or your own time with your own family yeah. and, and that's un, that's unfortunate but sometimes you're just that focused that you've just got to get what you've got to get done right of course and when you do get that then you'll be another objective and so you just got to make sure you make time for family because that's everything and i think these last two months have been fantastic for that yeah just bring i have us been down to earth and saying wow what if it all end tomorrow what would we do yeah so that's it's given true. me it's been for me it's been a blessing i mean it's been very sad for the deaths especially in spain and italy and around the world in america yeah. but um, for me it's been a blessing to be able to be home and not have to worry about you know, and just worry about making time and, and making yeah. time with my kids, right? So it's been awesome for me. It's been. And how, how, how has the last, been, uh, last two months been for you? Is, 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 is this the most time you've spent with your family nonstop without traveling? Yeah, this is the most time I've ever had with my family. In, in, like yeah, for, yeah, in, 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 in forever? In forever. Far out. Isn't that crazy? Yes, to take something yeah. like that, that's crazy. Eh? It's yeah, crazy. I know. I know. It's crazy. But, you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, so, yeah. I, will, I will make time for family holidays. I will make time. No, now, you know, knowing I will make time for these things because I need them as well. So we're not yeah. machines, right? No, we're not. We're not machines. No, we're not machines. And, and this is what I want to get across to people that there's, there is a mix um, and we've got to make sure we, we handle that mix appro- appropriately. But at the end of the day, your passions are still going to be your passions and they're always going to, they're always going to take over somewhat, aren't they? Well, that's the secret, right? If you yeah. can find a passion and, yeah. work and get paid for it, it's not yeah. work, is it? It's not, no, it's not, it's not work at all. It's not work at all, especially, <laughs> when, you're help, especially when you're helping people. Like for me, I help people um, find their dreams, whether it's becoming online and, and doing what they do as an online resource. For you, it's them becoming professional footballers. And there's nothing more, I guess... Um, you know, fulfilling for me when I see one of my students become successful. It's exactly the same for you. When you see one of your players become successful, it, it, monetary side aside, it must be really gratifying. Yeah, it is. You know, but sometimes I don't realize how much I've done or what I've done because I. It's just, you know, we did the Pele tour. We brought uh, Maradona around to Dubai, a close one. So, so sometimes you just don't realize what what you do and how it, because you're in the middle of it. Like this mm-hmm. year we gave the award to, to Leo Messi. I gave him his golden boot award and wow. the hell Australian, Australian doing that. And, wow. I, and it was unexpected. It was unexpected. How did, how did that happen? How did that all happen? It's a long story, but I didn't realize what we're going to do. Um, we've helped out uh, a lot of uh, foundations. We've done, we, we do a lot of, um, I'm vice president also of autism soccer in Miami. So right. it's a foundation where we help kids all around the world, autistic play, 
kids to mm-hmm. come and do our football programs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just to motivate them. And, you, and just, you know, people don't know about the his levels of autism. They're autistic. You know, yeah, Messi had uh, some uh, signs of autism when he was younger as well. Wow. And he's managed to, to cope with it and live with it. And, you know, and um, this year or last year, um, I got called up as our company. Uh, we sponsored also part of the event, Geneva International, the academy. And uh, and uh, the director goes, oh, can you know when he's he's got the golden boot, he's going to award the boot. He goes, oh, can Morris Paniello and Ruben Corona of Genoa International come up to the stage? I thought this, you know, I was sitting like behind Messi, you know, yeah. sitting behind him. I was, and I've known him before. I know his father well. He's an agent as well, so we've had some business stuff together. And um, I walk on the stage, and they give me the boot, and I go, what do I do? And he goes, give it to Messi. <laughs> I go, what? <laughs> so I go uh, I'm just in shock right so yeah. we're up there on stage and all the photographers there and all the VIP people that were there and the invitation invited guests from FIFA from UEFA all there I'm thinking this, what's happening so I just turn around give him the boot and I said a joke between us um, this is the first time I'm saying I said it should have been Ronaldo to Messi <laughs> is that what you said to Messi like, you, yeah, to Messi. I, I, you didn't yeah, say that yeah, to Messi did you I, I swear, swear to God <laughs> would be Ronaldo. He looked at me like, "What?" But we've had confidence because we, we you know, we, we had lunch before, so we yeah. knew who we were. Like, yeah. we just laughed about it, right? Yeah. But uh, they're, they're funny things that you know I can say. But you know, I'm shocked. We're holding and all the photographers, and, and I'm thinking, you know, wow. So it's just like gratifying because I've had some negative press about me. Because when you're growing, it doesn't matter what. If you're, you know, in this football world, it's a jungle. So yeah. I had negative press and this was just like, just cleaned everything. Like, hold on, you don't get to hand a boot to Messi if, you, if you're anything dodgy yeah. or, you know, yeah. they don't make you do that. So, um, no, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was an, uh, I didn't realize until after people were saying, until my, you know, when I realized my Instagram went up for 100,000 people because Messi publicized our photo. Right. Uh, and it went 100,000 people within the night. Then I receive a message from Instagram, from WhatsApp, Instagram, and I click on it, thinking, "Yes, it's me." Like, and I lost my Instagram page. It was hacked. Oh, Someone stole. They're selling shirts online. I can't. True story. Serious. Have to start. And all these people offended. Oh, you're not following me on Instagram anymore. I have to explain to everybody. It was stolen after the messy event. Yeah, far like, out. Yeah. No, it wasn't stolen. I gave it away. I gave it away. That's it just for the record. <laughs> just for the record. That's crazy. So yeah. when you did that, when you did that with Messi and you said you've had some, some battles, obviously, with bad press and stuff like that, as a businessman, because, look, we're a business page, right? So, and, and I'm a businessman. You're a businessman. At the end of the day, like we we help players, we we try to help people as much as we possibly can. But at the end of the day, we need to make ends meet, right? At the end of the day, that's that's the baseline. We need to make ends meet. How do you how do you stop that affecting you as a business person? Like some of that negative stuff. How do you block it out? What's the best thing that you've done? I just think um, the result. People can write what they want. People can write about what they want and they can say and have an opinion on you. But at the end of the day, if you're, you know you're doing good and you, you got your, your intentions are true to yourself more than anyone and you're doing good for people more than what you're doing bad or what people would say, yeah. um, I think that's the key. Like mentally to be stronger than anything and the more you get knocked down, just keep getting back up and working. And I think the hard work pays off and 
not hard the right work right if you've the got right true work, intentions yeah. and you're doing the thing the people like when for example a story came out i'll i'll go quickly into this all right so yeah. we get it over no it's all good um I, I was involved in a match fixing scandal in italy in 2014 in 2014 what i'd done uh, i was I put my present today, the club's called Monza Football Club. It's owned by Berlusconi. Right. right? Berlusconi is the old yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. prime yeah. minister of Italy, owner of Milan. Today it's owned by him. I saw his vision, what he had. I saw it before him and we got the club before him. The problem was the, the owner uh, disappeared and we got stuck with the club on our hands for a few months. And what happened, uh, we got approached by well, investors. Somebody. Yeah investors and uh well the thing's over never went to court never it was just speculation right there was an investigation i had to go and say yes this is what happened they offered us money to to buy one of our games uh, we didn't know what was going on we just yeah yeah we we branded it off and mm -hmm. uh we just pumped them off but in italy there's a rule if you someone offers you something like that you have to go and report it or something. report them report yeah. them to the police but we didn't know these people those yeah. the people that just came into our office through the director and we just brushed it off. A year after the scandal comes out, my name was there saying, oh, I have to be investigated. I'm investigated because of the situation. So I went to report exactly what happened and it finished there. But the newspapers and when we do have success buying clubs or selling a player or whatever, newspapers, mm -hmm. oh, but in 2014, he was accused of knowing of a match-fixing scandal. So it sort of comes up. So, but yeah. you know what? It doesn't, doesn't touch me anymore. It affected me back then, but I've just yeah. grown with it. And, and you know what? If they write about you, it's something you, you must be important. If they don't write about you, there's something, it means you're not doing something right as well. So, but at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's as simple as if you know deep down you did the right thing, nothing really matters. You know what I mean? Of course, of course. And if it doesn't come up and you've, you know, you're clean, like you're clean. And you know yeah. what? The president of, of Barcelona, the president of, of Real Madrid, I wouldn't be having lunches and dinners with these people if mm. anything was true, but anything was true, but all what they were writing, you know? So sure. the people that I work with and the players and everything, that doesn't affect me. You know, it can affect the competition because I will try and use that against us, but we're, you know, we're the strongest at the moment and we're, we're yeah. getting results. So good on you. doesn't, yeah. Uh, that's, that's awesome to hear someone bounce back from something like that because that could end people really. It could end some people. You know, people have taken their lives. People have been, you know, gone into depression, never heard of again. And, you know, yeah. I don't, yeah. So, you know, knowing the truth, you don't, it doesn't affect you, right? Yeah. It affects you, right. you know. Some investors might want to see and you have to just say, hey, look, it's clean everywhere. You know, this is just, you know, but, you know, that's life and you have to deal with it. And agents don't have a bit of a clean name anyway. So, and I've become an agent. Right? Agents are always the, you know, I had an agent, a famous agent, and something didn't go right at a club or they didn't get me and I would always try and blame the agent. Oh, yeah. the agent must have asked too much money or the agent this, the agent that. And, you know, I'd always blame somebody else for not being good enough to be at that level or sure. the situation. The coach didn't want me at that position. He had a favourite player in that position. So, you know, you don't have to blame someone. And, you know, I remember myself as a player blaming my yeah. agents, whereas yeah. really it's just the situation it was. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, no, no, that's, 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 that's really great to hear. And it's, it's, it's really great to hear an Australian doing really well overseas and, and, and flourishing. And like I said, we've got, we've got mutual friends like Pat and all that sort of stuff that we know well, in Australia. Yeah, Pat, I want to thank Pat Matisse because he was my mentor. I, I, you know, live in Australia. And 22 years ago, I had four of his books. 
yeah, with right. me and that will keep me motivated. All his quotes would just keep me motivated. And Really? Uh, I would write that. Th- yeah, yeah, I swear to God. I, th- I think I've still got those books somewhere. Yeah. In some house, yeah. but uh, it's fantastic, you know. Yeah. And uh, he's my he's my mentor, so he's oh, one of the mentors who helped me. Him and Craig Johnson were my my two wow. inspirations over here, keeping me positive, right? That's so, amazing. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing to hear. So, um, before we go, like I said, we'll keep it. We'll keep it trying quick. Is there anything else you want to um, pass on to 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 maybe um, you know FFA Australia or something something that can help? Um, some of the guys, if they hear this, or, or anything like that, that you would that we that you from overseas. I just think football is a business, so you need business mm-hmm. people to run the administration side of things, but you need football people to run the football departments. Yeah. So there's no point. No offense to anyone, a person from rugby coming into football and trying to do football things where there's a whole different. It's just a whole different ball game, right? Mm-hmm. Even the balls are even different color uh, sizes. But the problem is you need football people. And I think those players that have been overseas, like the Viduka, the O'Neills, the Cahills, all inspiration, you know, all inspirations mm-hmm. yeah, to us. Sure. Uh, and, and me as a player because, you know, I was in the lower leagues watching mm-hmm. these Australians do it. So they've been there, they've done it. So if we want to get to that level to be able to compete, you need these people working for you. Yes. And you need yeah. someone who's been overseas. So I'll, I'm all for... Uh, board of directors of the new A League, being all ex- Australian players that have played overseas, yeah. or example Archie Thompson, who's a yeah. fantastic ambassador who came to play for my football club this yeah. year as well yeah, in sure. Spain. Right, he came over and he was a great inspiration for kids, saying, "Hey, you know what? At forty years old, I, I I had my dream to play in Spain professionally, and I did it." Yeah, you know, and he, yeah. he was two game stint, but you know, there's just little things like that that I think you need you need football ambassadors and football yes. people to run football to run the football side of things. Sure. Fantastic. That's all I think that's a great I think I think that's a great message. And if you were if you were asked to come back and, and, and do some some type of role with, with the FFA, be it virtually or not virtually, would you would you accept would you entertain that in, in some type of consultant capacity? I think my 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 I would like to come back and live in Australia one day. The yeah. business has grown so much that it's impossible for me to come back and live. Yeah, right. But if I if I do get the business to a stage where I can come and my kids can grow up in Australia or finish growing up in Australia, that's yeah. my dream. That's my objective. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. For, for development in Australia, I know we have a lot of potential. Kids, structure, facilities. I the think, amount of people you know, playing, the, the amount of kids playing. Exactly. Yeah. I just think there's just something missing and that's, between the business side of things and the football people, and there's plenty of people def- that know their football. There's plenty of money. There's plenty of money going around. There's plenty of money well, going around. You know what? There are countries like Uruguay that there's no money, but yeah. they still are producing one of the four million population. So the population of Melbourne is in Uruguay, and they're producing more players professionally. Why? Because it's not the money. Sometimes it's it's the the hunger, the the desire for it. And you know why do people say oh? It's uh, why do poor kids or, you know, less fortunate kids end up making it more than someone else? Because they have less options. Yeah. They have less it. options. We're here. That's, we're that's we're branded. You've got to study and get a job where it's no study, do what you have to do, but keep football your first focus. And that's what we don't have. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a very poignant point because you're exactly, you're exactly right. How can someone like Uruguay who doesn't have the millions and millions of dollars that the FFA does produce better players than what we do? Well, the, the the best ones come to Europe and they develop and they yeah. have no choice but not to make it. So that's the mentality yeah. kids should have in their head is 
soccer or die, you know? Yeah, soccer or die. <laughs> I've, soccer I've, or die. Got, I've, got, I, I've got an ambassador <laughs> called Fernando Morientes. Right. He's one of our, um, lead, our General International Academy ambassadors, and I travel right. with him around the world. And all he did was said, Morris, I studied, I did everything, but all I wanted to do, all my energy was in football. That's all I wanted to do, play for Real Madrid. Yeah. And I went to trials, I went to the ID camps, I did it, and I never got picked. I yeah. had to go to a third division team, then to go to a second division team to go back to Real Madrid. It took me 10 yeah. years, but I got there, yeah? Yeah, but sure. for Liverpool, he's done. He had a big career, but he's just an example of a, of an average kid who became better every day. Yeah, he wanted it. Yeah. So no, it's good. So tell us, tell us some of the other stuff. You said you're doing some stuff with El Clasico and Legends and all that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, that? that's that's a side business, but we do we we organise pro football tours, not yeah. only for clubs, for clubs from Emirates to come here. We've got a base in Dubai as well. Our office, yeah. head office, is in Dubai for our sport management and events. Sure. And uh, we bring in out we bring in out teams from Saudi Arabia, from Dubai, from Emirates to, to Spain to do their pre seasons. Um, we've got a contract with El Clasico Legends that we're doing yeah. in Mexico. We had to push it back. We had to push Obviously. it back to yeah. end of October. It was meant to be in September. Yeah. Um, so that's that's great because what we do, we don't just do a Legends game. And no, we get the Legends to come and do our coaching clinics for kids, oh, for wow. less fortunate kids, for that's free. That's so amazing. that's in in our budget. We put that for you know an inspiration. Yeah. I mean, you need inspiration. Kids need inspiration, and I think um, there there's a lot of ambassadors we have in Australia that are inspiration yes. for kids. You know, and cool. all they have to do is talk to a kid for five minutes. And that's it, you know. And yeah. I think one of the best ambassadors for Australia personally is Tim Cahill. And yeah. people start following him and his daily life and everything. He's, he's, a, he's a perfect example of yeah. what an Australian player has done. And now the way I think he's doing coaching and stuff, he's a, he's a great, like he was, you know, one of my favourite players growing I mean, up I mean, he's also well. my, one of my favourite players, but he's also an inspiration considering he's not, if you look at him, he's not built to be an ex a, a player that has... That excels. He doesn't have the height. He doesn't have the the if the figure or whatever it is. But he's he's still excelled, right? Which is an amazing an amazing inspiration for most players, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Especially in a, in a country like England, where they look for those kind of players. He'd, he he right. would have been more for Spain, right? Yeah, right. But, uh, but physically, but he look he had his his career and look at how it went. I think if he's does coaching, his coaching career will be just the same. It's all about yeah. his willpower, hungerness. The drive, the determination, twenty percent is talent, mate. Eighty yeah, percent yeah. is the rest of it. The discipline, yeah. the, the you know, yeah, everything else. Right. Yeah. So no, that's awesome. That's awesome, mate. Look, I really appreciate your time today. I know you've been busy doing uh, babysitting and doing all your sort of stuff, and, and <laughs> <laughs> but I'll catch up with you on WhatsApp, and I'm sure we'll stay in touch, and um, we might catch up again sometime soon. But I really appreciate no your time. And um, pleasure. If you ever need anything, you know, you know where to get me, and it's the same way. Okay. I'm sure we have a new person in Australia we can count on for football anyway. Yeah, 100%, mate. 100%. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. All right, mate. I'll take it easy. See you, mate. See you, buddy. Ciao. Bye-bye.